0: The following content has been provided by RWTH, Aachen University. The language that uh, OS uses is Objective-C. It's the implementation language of the Cocoa framework and has been around uh, for quite a long time. As you can see, it was actually created before even the Mac came out. Um, the original Mac came out, so in 1983. So it's actually older than Java, and uh, one of the developers of Java um, at some point explained that Java was in part influenced by some of the ideas that Objective-C um, had been giving them. Um, Objective-C itself, insta- in- again, is inspired by Smalltalk, one of the uh, most successful and earliest um, object-oriented languages and environments. Um, because of this heritage, um, Smalltalk and um, Objective-C have a lot in common, and Objective-C also gave a lot of its ideas to, to Java. So that's why you will see things that may seem quite familiar. One of the things that is um, quite unique about Objective-C is that it is a very dynamic language. So it uses dynamic typing, dynamic binding, and dynamic loading. We'll get to what that means later on. Um, If you've programmed in Java, then you probably know about interfaces, which are sort of definitions of what a class can do. Um, Those are similar to, or those are the same things um, called protocols in Objective-C. Classes themselves are objects um, of type class, so reflection is possible naturally in this system, so you can ask a class about stuff like what can this object, what, what does this class provide, which wasn't, uh, or isn't possible in C++ by default. Of course, C++ has extensions no- nowadays for pretty much everything, but it wasn't one of the original design decisions in the language. C++, by the way, didn't exist back then in, in, in 1983. Um, what Objective-C did it, it is it took the C programming language, which was very well known in you know, the, the programming community, uh, used for, of course, all of, of Unix development, Um, and introduced as few new concepts as possible to create an object-oriented layer on top of that. So a very thin layer of object-oriented syntax on top of the C language. That made it actually quite convenient for a lot of programmers to pick it up because they knew C, and they only had to learn very few extra things to write Objective-C code. Um, Again, C++ also later on got based on the C language, but did a much more... Substantial extension of the, um, you know, keywords, uh, special notations, etc., than uh, what Objective C did. So the new C language constructs, and this is an interesting exercise in like how do you turn a procedural language into an object-oriented one, um, were actually quite limited. The first one was how you send messages to objects. As you know, you know, we've talked about this small talk, right? Small talk was all about there's objects and objects that can can get sent messages and these messages will trigger methods of those objects to be executed Um, in Java you do this by saying you know here's the name of the object then I put a dot here and then I write the name of the message and then I have some parentheses that uh, list the parameters that go in there Um, and the return value gets put into something else in Objective C and also in Smalltalk, it works a little differently you write down the name of the object, and then you say this object will get sent a message called connect to address. And if there are no um, parameters, then you would, you know, basically close that with a square bracket, and that's it. If there are parameters, you list the first one here, connect to address. Usually, the name of the method should indicate what the first uh, parameter means. And then comes something unusual here. While this thing here was called connect to address with port, so the naming of this function was done so that I can understand what the two parameters are, Uh, but that's the convention, of course, of the programmer to give these names, Um, uh, Smalltalk, or or Objective-C, I should say, forces you to give each parameter a name when you define the function. So as you call the function, the first part of the method name, if you like, goes here, and then the second part is really part of the method's so-called signature, essentially its name, which describes what each parameter is that comes after the first one. So connect to address so-and-so with port so-and-so. The difference is really syntactic. And in fact, later on, C, Objective-C also introduced the dot notation um, for, as an alternative for some notations when you wanted to use it. Um, the difference is mostly uh, due to readability. So here you have a split up where you can see what each parameter means because it has a name or a description in front of it as the procedure gets called, and that makes it a little easier to read. Um, <coughs> um, the methods that you defined are, were marked well, like with the minus or sign for instance methods, plus came in front of class methods. Um, an object in Java was the same as uh, ID in Objective C, so it's like the the, the generic you know uh, mother of all classes. Um, the this pointer in Java that points to the current um, uh, object itself uh, is called self. So these are really just syntactic differences. And then there were a few compiler directives that got introduced, um, such as definitions like where does the um, Interface description of a of a class start and end and whereas the implementation start and end those were done with the at sign. Um, finally, the um, the concept of categories um, allows for a transparent subclassing. This is a little more uh, more complicated. We'll talk about this later. Um, but just in a nutshell, it basically means that you can actually Uh, Subclass something without having to worry about like if you change something in the subclass that you have to recompile everything above Um, When you read objective C code, you'll see a lot of brackets Now there will be a lot of square brackets because every message that gets sent from one object to the other is marked by Bracket object name message, right? So this is a lot of uh, Syntax that you will see in there although some of it these days gets written down in in dot notation Okay, um, ID is interesting. Uh, where in Java you, you and especially Objective and C you rarely ever use objects that don't have a particular type. Um, in Objective C that was perfectly normal. Uh, ID is just a pointer to an object. We don't know what it is. It's just for the compiler to indicate it's you know it's an it's an object. So this is one of the constituents of enabling a late-binding, very dynamic language that didn't decide at compile time of what type, type an object would be. C++ is much more static, Java and Objective-C are more dynamic, um, and uh, this basically um, is nicely seen when you look at an example. Um, let's say you want to read objects from a, from a file. Um, and you're, you're writing a graphics application and you're reading uh, data from a file and you want to create the objects that were in the, in the file, right? You know, triangles, squares, circles, whatever. So each time you read one of those, you then have to create an object. Um, what you want is to say, based on what I read in that file, whether it says, you know, this is going to be a triangle or whatever, I want to create an object of that type. And that's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of, code when you write it out like this Um, and when you when you then say okay I'm just going to create all these objects as generic objects like um, you know geometrical objects I'm not going to worry about whether it's a triangle or a a circle I'm going to remember that somewhere else and then later when I know it's a circle as a programmer I can call circle routines although it's just defined in the language as a geometric object that won't work in C++. Right? If you basically say this thing is of class geometric object like an abstract superclass if you want, you cannot call specific methods of the subclass. The compiler will at compile time check what you wrote and say, "No, no, no, you told me this is just a generic object. I don't know whether at runtime it has that specific subtype, so I'm not going to let you call specific routines of that subtype." It's a very well protected and a very secure way to do things, but also a little less flexible. In objective C, the choice was made slightly differently. Uh, the emphasis was given on flexibility at the risk of writing code that is potentially a little more risky. Um, you can actually create an object that technically in your code is of a superclass type, but when you know that the object that you actually create, for example, by you know, pointing to another existing object, is of a subclass of that type, you can call methods of that subclass. And only at runtime, when the code actually gets to that point, the runtime will check okay, now you're trying to call a specific method of a subclass of this thing. Is that actually there or not? So it will only determine the type of an object at runtime, not at compile time. This makes Objective C more um, dynamic than C. In C++, you would have to do this with a dynamic cast um, operation, and Objective C and also, by the way, Java move this check to to runtime. One of the things that this uh, addresses is the, um, the, fear, the the much feared sort of fragile base class problem. What that means is, um, let's say you um, wrote a you wrote a you wrote an, a library for these graphical objects. Right? And you subclass lots of these graphical objects. And people are using them, um, using your library. Um, and you now want to add a method to a superclass, to the superclass um, graphical object. That then means that all the subclasses that were derived from that superclass need to be recompiled. Because this check whether this method exists happens at compile time. So what often happens in C++ is that superclasses tend to get very bloated. They can tend to get very big because you have to kind of include all the potential things that a a subclass might need later. If you have dynamic binding, on the other hand, in Objective-C, and you do not specify this at the beginning, you can actually add things to the subclass. You do not have to recompile all your code that is using um, subclasses of this, so the superclass gets extended. The subclass can benefit from that extension without having to recompile, because again, it, you know, Objective C will only check the runtime will only check at runtime when the code is being executed. Does that method actually exist? So I like to think about uh, think of a sort of Objective C as the sort of you know trustful Californian hippie language that is like. You want to call that crazy method on that object in your source code that you're compiling here? Sure, go ahead. I don't care whether it actually exists. Uh, once we get to execute that code and it's actually running and we get to that line in the code and I have to call that method, then I'll see whether you, you know, dear object, actually have a method of that kind uh, somewhere in your, in your method collection. And it might have been there all the time. It might have been added dynamically. Um, there are ways via categories to actually extend um, classes um, without even recompiling them so you know the runtime basically waits as long as possible in sort of a lazy evaluation uh, kind of approach to actually go and check whether a method exists or not Um, so in a way Objective C first loads the file, runs the runs the code, and then asks, "Okay, uh, what kind of class are you? Okay, is there a method of that type listed right now for you? Can I get to one that that is called that name? And if it can, then that's fine. Uh, this is a little bit confusing, so uh, we're going to do a first demo. Christian's going to show you uh, a short demonstration of this dynamic binding uh, at work, and I think you'll be able to appreciate this if you have tried to do um, Now, if you've written code in in C++, for example, or another object-oriented language, then you'll see what kind of, you know, uh, different handling this this allows. it's not not all, you know, beneficial. It also has risks, of course, because if you write code and it has a method call that doesn't exist at compile time and you forget to put it in place at runtime, then, you know, your code blows up. So uh, there's that.